I always think about just anywhere you go when you get terrible service or people are just rude, like the rude waiter. You know, it's so easy to judge them and just make that assumption that they shouldn't be in the job they're in. We don't know what happened to them that day, that week. Maybe they've been sick. Maybe somebody died. Like, you just don't know. So I always try to remind myself that I'm not in their shoes. And all I can do is control myself and how how I am going to treat them. Welcome to the In Your Head podcast with Jody and Judy, where we're all about helping you get out of your own way. Our focus is on your mindset and helping you remove the mental roadblocks you created so that you can unleash your potential and get more out of life. Welcome back. I'm Jody. And I'm Judy. Thanks for joining us for episode five of In Your Head. Today, we will be starting a five part series on strategies for moving forward from a challenge into a positive direction. Before we begin, if you are joining us for the first time, maybe we should do a quick review of what we've been talking about. Sounds good. And let's remind everybody, we are always going for mental fitness here. So just to give you a reminder of how we define mental fitness, it really is your capacity to respond to life's challenges with a more positive mindset than a negative mindset. Yes, And when we want to, before we start talking more, let's talk about what some of the concepts that we've talked about in prior episodes to catch up. So we talked about how mindset is a choice and about how we are all empowered to choose how we want to show up in life and regular circumstances. And also when we're challenged, especially. And also the key part of this is that we need to practice, practice these things that we're talking about in order to exercise that power. We also talked about the critical voices that we all have, those saboteurs, we're calling them, that hold us back, you know, understanding more about those and practicing with those as well. What else have we talked about, Jody? Well, we learned about what we call PQ reps Mm -hmm. and how those help us to better command our mind in the moment. And those are those little, you know, 10 second exercises. They're kind of mini meditations. Mm -hmm. And then last month, we discussed the sage perspective, which is being able to find a gift or opportunity in any situation. And then today, we're going to start talking about the actual strategies or powers that you can use to move in that positive direction. So moving to a sage perspective doesn't just happen automatically. There are different ways you can get yourself there. And there's one thing we haven't really discussed, but I feel like it might have an impact on how easy it is for a person to move from sabotage to kind of that sage mode or self-mastery. At least it's something I think to be aware of. So there are really two types of orientations that we have. One is a performance orientation and the other is a mastery orientation. So if you have or operate from a performance orientation, that means you're probably somebody who likes to win, must win, must be the best, you know, always thinking about really that end goal and being on the top, whereas a mastery orientation, not that the person that has a mastery orientation doesn't think that way. They obviously can want to win too, but they look at the process as a journey. And really the whole process is about learning to improve and getting better and mastering whatever it is they do. So, yes, and I only bring it up because I think if you're driven by performance, it might make it a little bit more challenging to look at not winning or not being first or not accomplishing what you expected as a potential gift or opportunity. Yes, absolutely. 
And I think this is a lot about growth mindset as well. And understanding that life is a journey. So it's while we want to win and we, that's a good thing to strive for, let's bring everything into the picture and let's learn from things that don't go well and experience life as a journey rather than, than an end result. Exactly. So if you look back at our discussion, we could really lay this out as a process of moving from sabotage to self-mastery in three different steps. So Judy, you want to start talking about those? The first yeah. Step? So the first step is to notice what's happening, what emotions you're having. Your first trigger here is negative emotion. Anytime you're experiencing a negative emotion, it's a result of a saboteur thought that you're having, a critical thought either about yourself or about others. So, so it's important to really think about what thought you're having in that moment. Get to the thought and the feeling and label it. We talked in episode two about saboteurs, the 10 different types of saboteurs. So understanding which ones show up most for you is important so that you can really work with labeling which saboteurs are, is responsible for that thought that you're having. So that's, that's step one. Step two, you want to take that one, Jody? Sure. It's just stopping. It's taking time to gain that self-command by doing a PQ rep. Um, which as a reminder, those are usually focused on a bodily sensation. So either a visual one, a tactical one, like using your fingertips, it can be a sound, can really be anything that just helps you remove the focus from the saboteur and take command of your mind for 10 seconds. If that yeah. can be as little as that. And then right. the last one is shifting into the sage perspective, using one of the sage powers to find the gift or opportunity within the situation. So this moves us to talking about the first strategy, which is the empathize power. So Judy, why, why would we consider empathy a power? I think it's because empathy has such an impact and it's often underdeveloped in most people. The results can be very powerful for individuals. It can be powerful for us as an individual when we practice empathy for ourselves and for others. If we're in leadership, it can greatly impact a lot of other people as well, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a really strong tool or power to use and it's worth cultivating to be able to use it more in our, our work and our lives. Agreed. And so what we're going to talk about is how we can use empathy for ourselves and for others to help us move towards that sage perspective. So when we talk about empathy, I think of it as being an awareness or really deep understanding of how you're feeling. And that makes you able to almost feel what someone else is feeling from a place of non-judgment. So when you empathize with somebody, and I know there's a couple different types of empathy, which you're going to talk about, but Really, we're talking about being able to connect with the thoughts and the feelings at a really deep level. Yeah. And maybe this is like a time to talk about those two different types of empathy, because you're talking about that emotional connection, which mm -hmm. is really important. There's also cognitive empathy, which is about un understanding what another person may be going through from a logical perspective. But what we're talking about is using both, combining both of those. You especially want to feel the emotional side of things. So when we talk about empathy for ourselves, why do you think it's so hard to empathize with, with ourselves and just allow, allow us, you know, allow yourself to make mistakes, feel bad, fail, et cetera? What do you think? I don't know, but I do believe that's true because I, I have often thought that I'm much harder on myself than 
I am on others. I can relate. And I'm harder on myself than others are on me. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And I I think about like the example of just having done something and then later, all you can do is think about it and you rethink it and you relive it and you think, oh, I could have done it better. I could have done it differently. You just kind of beat yourself up over it. And I always think like if somebody else had done that, would I be beating them up and saying the same things to them? Probably not, you know? Yeah. Or sometimes you get angry and, you know, you start kind of feeling, feeling something and then you get mad at yourself for feeling that and you can kind of just start spiraling, you know? So I think the key to empathizing with yourself is instead of beating yourself up, think about what is the most compassionate thing I could say to myself? Like if somebody else, what could somebody else say to me right now that would make me feel completely different? Why didn't you say that to yourself? And you mean it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one thing, you know, I, I think it's really, it's that thinking of a compassionate thing to say to yourself. Yeah. I think also it's important to kind of challenge the truth of the thoughts that we're having you know, the truth of those negative thoughts, because many times they just aren't true. Most of the time I would even say they're just not true. An example would be saying, if I said to myself, God, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. You know, I have the opportunity to stop a second and say, wait a minute, I'm not really stupid. (laughs) And so what's a, what's a thought here that is true that serves me in this situation? I made a mistake. Gosh, I made a mistake. You know, that's the, that's a factual truth, right? And in that way, you're showing compassion to yourself. It may be more from a cognitive perspective, but then, you know, when you're working with empathy and developing the emotional empathy for yourself, that's also going to play out eventually in real time with yourself, but also with others. But this, so, so really challenging the truth that that can be a good starting point too, I I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, the key thing is, going back to the cognitive and the emotional empathy, those things go together. They do. Yeah. You, you aren't just one or the other. You have to use both to, both together. So understanding what we and others are going for and feeling compassion for ourselves and others. So if that's a hard thing to do, so there's the cognitive and emotional empathy that both go together. It's an understanding of what mm-hmm. we and others are going for and then feeling compassion for ourselves and for others. So that's one thing you can do. If that's hard to do, there is another thing that we've done. It's a power game that goes along with empathy. And this is, again, part of the positive intelligence program that we've done, but it involves using your childhood picture. And doing this helps you apply empathy and understanding to yourself and others as an innocent human being. Mm -hmm. So, Judy, do you want to explain this? this exercise? Yeah. So when I first did it myself, I kind of thought, oh, this is so hokey. (laughs) But I'm going to get a picture of myself. So you want to get a picture of yourself from your youth, any anywhere from like 10 years and younger. Right. And the idea is that you're going to spend about 10 minutes or however long that you you want to be on that really looking at your picture, because we are all born innocent as perfect human beings, perfect little human beings, right? And we all have an essence that came with us at birth. And what this exercise allows us to do is to connect with that essence. If you stare at your photo long enough, you can reconnect emotionally with who you really are because there's so much that's happened to you from the time you were born. You know, you had such a different perspective 
you know, in your childhood. And because of all of your experiences, things have changed, things have morphed, you know, good things, bad things, right? And it's important to be able to understand yourself more so that you can exercise more self-compassion and empathy for yourself when things aren't going well or when you make a mistake. And it's from that perspective then that we can actually work with emotion for other people. So we look at how do we apply it to ourselves first so we can develop that uh, emotional empathy as well as the cognitive so that we can then use that skill in bigger ways with other people. Yes, I think so. What I love about this exercise and what I did is I actually took a picture of a picture on my phone. Yeah. And I have it there and I've found myself several times actually utilizing that picture, you know, when I find myself just feeling crappy about myself for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I've many times pulled it out and looked at it. I and that. it's just such an interesting thing to sit and look at yourself. And you have to take some time and just stare at it. I mean, it's yeah. not like, don't just glance at it. Sit and look at it and look in your eyes and realize like that is who you are. You would not mm-hmm. be beating that little child up, right? That's right. And there's so many things that do happen to us throughout life that forms us and helps us, you know, creates new perspectives and new new thoughts and beliefs. So we're different in a lot of ways, but that the essence of that child is still in you. Yes. So I love this exercise. I highly recommend it. If you're thinking about doing this exercise, it it works best if you have a childhood photo. But I will say I didn't have a childhood photo the first time I did this exercise. I had just moved and I had a garage full of boxes and I wasn't about to be able to find any photos in that. So I had to do it with an image in my mind of a childhood photo that I recalled looking at before, you know, and so I I did it with just an image in my mind. You can also hold up a mirror and look at yourself that way rather than looking at a childhood photo. But I love your idea, Jody, of having this on your phone. I'm going to I'm going to start doing that, like having it up there ready, because I think it's a good reminder that we're human beings and we're, we're going to make mistakes and it's okay. You know, it's okay. Everything that we've done has led us to where we are and we are able to move forward in positive ways no matter what happens. I think that's what it it does for me when I think about that exercise. It's pretty powerful. It really is. And I will say I have used this. I have looked at my husband's childhood picture. Oh. And there have been times when, you know, maybe we're not agreeing and I actually try to envision him as a small child. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was when he was perfect. I've even thought of that with my children being a mother. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're grown adults now. And, you know, it's different parenting grown children. And there have been many times that I've had to sit and just envision them back as small children when they yes. were perfect and they still are perfect. But you know, when they were just those innocent children and yes. remembering who they are at the core. Right. I mean, I think that's really powerful. I mean to be able to do that in moments where you're feeling frustrated, you know, this is the, what we're talking about. This is one step, you know, it's dropping the thoughts, you know, proceed this step. But once you drop those negative thoughts and get to objectivity, this is the, another step you can take in order to bridge that understanding and be able to apply empathy to make better decisions, right? I can also see, you know, envisioning other people, as you talked about, envisioning them as children. I can see that, you know, even if you don't have a close relationship, like I worked once for someone who was pretty toxic and it, it, you know, was really, really difficult. I, I I didn't know positive intelligence back then. 
And I just think that if I had, I would have been able to handle things a lot differently. This person was undermining my leadership. She was micromanaging me and my direct reports. And it was kind of a, every day was a new frustration and challenge <laughs> or many frustrations and challenges. So I just, I went through a lot in that period of time that I worked in that place. And I, I think that, you know, empathy could have helped me out quite a bit. It wouldn't necessarily have changed the other person, but it would have helped me process what was happening, you know, to me and how I was responding to it, certainly. So, well, and it certainly would have, having had empathy for that, would have moved you to a sage perspective more quickly exactly. in, able, in being able to see an opportunity or a gift there. And I've worked for people that, you know, weren't the best leaders. And, you know, in the end, I was able to look and think all those things that I saw as negative, I was able to learn something. So, yes. So great from those things, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, have you, so we talk about having empathy for others and it is important because I think if you can empathize with other people, it definitely gives you a, a different perspective, helps you look at the situation, the person, you know, just from a different viewpoint, I think. So any examples of how maybe empathy for somebody else has been helpful for you or? Yeah, well, I think when I think about just like empathy in general, maybe not so much right now in my life, but just when you think about leaders, if you've known a great leader, chances are that person is very empathetic and they bring that into their leadership, right? And you know it when you've experienced it. So that's one thing that I think about when I used to be in management, you know, and, you know, I did connect with empathy in that situation with my, the way that I with the way that I carried out my role. And it was, it was successful in that way. And so I think that it's important, even though I didn't know exactly that I was doing that. <laughs> when I learn what I've learned now and reflect back on it, I can see how that was very helpful in that, in those situations. I think for me, it's like, think even thinking about empathy for people who you don't know, you know, that you're, it's like in a vacuum, you're never going to see that person again, or you're never going to get to know that person but we've talked about examples of, you know, Sandy in the grocery line, just being really annoyed that maybe the, the person at the register is going really slow or, you know, in a hurry and, and being angry or frustrated with that person or road rage, you know, being on the road and someone cuts you off or they cut you off and then they go really slow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big trigger for me. And I get a lot of practice with empathy for that, you know, so we can apply empathy even for people we don't know well. Yeah. You right? know, I think for me, it's helped me in so many ways, dealing with those people that are frustrating, mm -hmm. you know, that you don't know, you know, I always think about just anywhere you go when you get terrible service or people are just rude, like the rude waiter, you know, it's so easy to judge them and just make that assumption that they shouldn't be in the job they're in. We don't know what happened to them that day, no. that week, maybe they're, they've been sick, maybe somebody died, like you just don't know. So I always try to remind myself that I'm not in their shoes and all I can do is control myself That's and right. how, how I am going to treat them. And I always just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, yeah. like, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm going to be nice to you. Even if you're mean to me, you might change their day. You know, you, you just never know. Like, I think there's such a lack of empathy in the world. Oh, for sure. When somebody feels they're getting it. It can, it can make such an impact. Yes. 
I mean, you can look at world leaders and, 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 you know, study them even a little bit and see whether or not they're empathetic in their style of leadership, right? And see what the impacts are. And I think that everyone, you, you know, we, what we can grab onto here is that everyone was a child once. Yeah. Everyone, everyone was a child once and however they're responding, behaving, whatever is a result of their experiences in life. And we don't know what those are, but we know that they're there because we also have had experiences that show up in the way we deal with things in our lives, you know, imperfectly, right? Right. Like good ways, the bad ways. And so just reconnecting with that thought of, you know, envisioning them as children, just learning life, right? Can really help us to reel back on that judgment. And in fact, if we're going through the process, by the time you get to empathy, you're already there because you've already dropped, you dropped the negative thought already. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. you're moving forward with having real empathy for someone. And this is where you get into the emotional empathy part of it. This, instead of just the cognitive, you're engaging the, the, both the mind and the heart at this point. Right, right. So what would be some actionable steps people could take towards developing their empathy? Well, we're actually going to share share some of these things in the show notes. But one, I think that stands out a lot is working on becoming an active listener. So this might be in a conflict situation, or it might be just a simple misunderstanding where that's not necessarily rises to the level of conflict, but giving your full attention to the person you're engaged with, avoid avoiding interrupting them, and then really engage with dropping any judgments, which, which can be difficult. But with practice, you can do it. Drop any judgments you're having in your mind, running, you know, commentary simultaneously of what they're saying, right? So dropping those judgments and then using it as an opportunity to ask clarifying questions in order to understand cognitively their perspective. That can be a first step, right? Is asking, so why does, why does that, when that happens, why does it make you angry? And then, I mean, that's just an example, right? And then listening to the response and getting to know the other person better so that you can appreciate where they're coming from. That can be a great launching pad to then working through solutions as well. What do you think? No, I think those are some great tips. I really do. I think, you know, the being present and the active listening are, Mm -hmm. again, things that are just lacking. It's Mm -hmm. like our minds are racing so much that we're always off to the next. Well, it's that... That desire to be right too. Yeah, I want to win. I want to be right, and sometimes the desire to be right trumps everything else, and that's when we can get into some really high conflict breakdown in communication situations, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do. I think that you know it's that giving your full attention and mm-hmm. really using the time with another person to get to know them and to because the deeper you know them, the deeper you'll be able to feel what they feel. Exactly. You know, yep. so it's hard, it's hard to have that emotional empathy for people that you don't really know at all. You know, I think the cognitive empathy probably comes more into play there, but you can have emotional empathy. You just have to kind of, you know, make some assumptions, I guess, you know, and I guess yeah. when I say this, I'm give, I'm thinking of the example of my mail carrier is a recent immigrant and well, I, I don't know how recent because he is working, but he he's not been here all that long. He has a very, very broken English. He always seems really, really grumpy. And I actually got him talking one day and I had <laughs> some new perspective about him. You know, he's in a country that he doesn't know. He doesn't have family. I think he's fairly lonely. No. He, you know, and I so I now I just kill him with kindness. <laughs> 
you know? Yeah. And I, and I truly do feel for him. And, yeah. and I could have like just ignored him and never said anything and just assumed he was just an unhappy person. He really isn't. Mm-hmm. He's just finding his way, you know? So being able to have that, I don't know the man, but I know enough now by, you know, trying to engage a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's a so, great example. It's a great example of using it in everyday life when you encounter someone who is not in a good mood, right? Or you encounter them a bunch of times that don't really know them. It's a great example of kind of reaching out yeah, and understanding, seeking to understand. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, you know what, if I'm the only, you know, friendly voice he hears every day, at least he knows he's going to hear a friendly voice. <laughs> yes. No? Yeah. And, Maybe that'll make his day. But anyway, I think there are there are so many different ways to just really develop that empathy within yourselves. And it's not a natural thing for everybody. And it's something everybody can work on. And I think we should yep. all work on it. I agree so, with you. So everybody check, you check those notes, the show notes, and there will be mm-hmm. some more information in there. And so our next episode, Judy, what are we going to be talking about? So we're going to move on to the next strategy. We obviously just talked about the empathy strategy as number one. We've got five of these. So number two is going to, going to be the explore power or strategy. And this one is pretty straightforward. It's more about understanding all the facts from an objective standpoint. So just the facts, just the facts just is really facts. about this one. We'll talk about the, the game associated with that as well, the, the power game. This power game, I think we talked about this one was the using the childhood photo or a mirror. I just want to say that is a great one to practice to develop more emotional empathy. If you're yes. struggling with emotional empathy, do that exercise a few times and that's going to help you engage with that emotional empathy. But everyone around you as a child. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's what's up next is Explore. Thank you for being here and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to In Your Head. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you think may benefit. Give us a like or a positive review and subscribe to follow us. We hope you continue to tune in and join us as a loyal mindset warrior. Catch you on the next episode. In Your Head with Jody and Judy is not an official partner or affiliate of Positive Intelligence or PQ Coach. Positive Intelligence and PQ Coach are trademarks of Positive Intelligence LLC and Positive Intelligence LLC does not endorse In Your Head with Jody and Judy in any way.